Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF with the Weekend Gardener, hour number two. Mike Rayleigh here, along with Rufus Edmonston and Gerald Adams, who uh, helps oversee the Centennial Campus and for many years was uh, the Governor's Gardener. And uh, Andre Elaine, who is a Master Gardener uh, in Mitchell County and formerly uh, Durham County. And so she's our Western North Carolina correspondent. Uh, so uh, welcome to everybody. Uh, 919-860-9783. Uh, before we go to Billy Howe, Gerald, you were doing a little research on the Edgeworthia that uh, we talked about, and it is king to the it, Daphne. It is a, a member of the Daphne family, so I sp- suspect that's where we the fragrance tie-in certainly comes from it's a shame the daf that it's a much stronger <laughs> relative than the daphne uh part is of that and i know snow cream is one of the varieties that is commonly well i'm not going to say commonly because everybody doesn't sell edgeworthy but it seems to be one of the varieties that you can find most available here in, in this area and it's and it's beautiful that's what we were looking at pictures, and Rufus says that's the variety he thinks he has. Yeah, and you like – well, I like everything about them. They have unusual leaf leaf structure and uh, the flowers, of course. Uh, the bark on them is is very unusual. It doesn't peel, really. they bloom in yeah. January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, something else that, that blooms. I just – I have talked about it for so many years. I wrote an article one time for the magazine about – growing fragrant plants in in, uh, blooming plants in the besides i mean crepe myrtle um, uh, camellias are great but there's so many other things that you can grow that are out there competing for the for the pollinators and they put out that wonderful fragrance uh, that we've talked about so often uh, the winter sweet and the winter honeysuckle and the 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 winter uh hazel and just uh winter jasmine and the winter jasmine is what you see on the belt line there i guess it's between it's it's near north hills and it's green you know the green flowing stems with the the yellow flowers on it and the prunus mube you can sit with that yeah yeah we've seen a few i i I see uh, prunus mube here and there if you think you're seeing a a cherry tree or something but it's actually a pretty close kin but it's a uh, apricot flowering apricot and some of those have kind of a uh, 
I don't know, uh, clove, clovey cinnamon fragrance. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to describe some more than others. Uh, really pretty varieties. They don't, they don't seem to last long uh, unless you've got I – mean, they seem to like a little more sun. Um, they like sun and they like, they like good drainage, mm-hmm. extra special drainage. Yeah, mine has lasted longer this year than any other year. And you, you've, yours is pretty old. I mean, you've had, oh, yeah, had it's yours a, good a long 12, time. 10, 12 years old. Yeah. And a good 25 feet tall. Yeah. Now, I've, I have some quince blooming, too. Yeah, I know you, you like quince. You have several I varieties saw, of quince. I saw some pretty quince last at the Green and Growing Show last week. Some of the nurseries had some up there in the displays. That what, was, what was different about them? Uh, it was just the, the bloom was a little bit larger, but it was a orange-red color, and it was just eye-popping. I mean, it, you oh, turn, turn right <clears> to it as soon as you saw the bloom. And think about it now blooming in the landscape with us. You don't see a lot of any kind of color, right. and particularly that just really stood out. I, there used to be a in Red Oak, north of uh, Nashville, my hometown, and it uh, they used, somebody used to have a hedge that had to be a hundred feet long, of of um, quince. Quince. Mm. Gracious. Yeah. Yeah. It's so what? What you know? Everything you know. My wife gets on me all the time because I don't never throw any clothes away, and I say, "Well, I may get that size again, or they may come back in style." And that's what happens with shrubs. You know, a lot of the old shrubs that were popular when we were growing up, and one of the reasons they were popular because they were so durable, like yeah. quince. Some of the original varieties got a little too big, or you know, had to keep them cut back. But some of these newer cultivars that are out now are smaller, more compact, and that's like. Everything, or not everything, but a lot of what you see of new cultivars coming out, so many of the hydrangeas now that come out are, you know, don't get but three foot tall, or three and a half, or four foot tall, and where, you know, 30 years ago, that was a eight or nine foot tall plant, because with, you know, the little tiny lots that we have now, and if you already have some existing plantings, well, you got to have something small to put in front of them, and it's good to see that that's really where... And, you know, a, a lot of the breeding is growing, and it, to come out with these, just, this quince I looked at the other day, I don't, I don't think it gets but three, three and a half foot tall. Mm. How about that? I, I think they they fig about a fib. So if sometimes they <clears throat> they don't know for sure, and you always go back to limelight. Limelight was supposed to get four foot tall, and the first one planted got nine foot tall yeah. the first year. <laughs> And uh, it gosh, was planted, and I cut it. Sun. And I cut it back to four foot, and it got ten foot tall the yeah. next year. So, but they kept going. There, there was limelight originally, got way taller. Beautiful plant. They came out with little lime. It still got taller than it said. And now there's bobo, which is baby limelight, and it stays around four foot or so. Oh, okay. So they had to go through three different breeding processes to finally get. The one that would be the size they hoped it would be. Well, I, I've had no luck with dwarf crape myrtles. <laughs> uh-huh. I just, I, I, yeah, they they still. Well, know. one of the things that comes up, and I, I have discovered this, you know, sometimes with some of the new cultivars in the dwarf plants. You know, a dwarf plant azaleas come to mind, and some of the encores, which are the the smaller ones that don't get but two and a half by three foot or three by three. The smaller plant has a smaller root system, and anytime you've got a smaller root system, 
you're more prone to some technical difficulties. Could be particularly uh, water uh, needs in the summertime could be greater because it's got such a smaller root system. And I, I quite frequently run across, well, yes, this is great. It's got a beautiful bloom. It's a smaller plant, but it sure seems to be a little bit harder to keep alive. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Andrea, do you all, are you able to grow any of these plants, the quince or uh, hydrangeas, uh, edgeworthias, any of those plants up there that you know of? Hydrangeas, definitely. Great. Um, I, quince, probably, I, I haven't tried. I have such a scruffy, you know, real... <laughs> mountain landscape that i'm trying to focus on things that aren't as um that are you're, you're focusing on scruffy plants <laughs> well i'm i'm focus, i'm trying to really steward the land the way it exists oh, okay um, well that's so, good and to enhance it in the way of adding more of the natives that are already growing here that's great um, and one thing i've really noticed about uh, you know has taught me about gardening or evolved here is that the natives, um, the you know the native, the true natives, <laughs> um, like native hydrangea. I have a lot of um, the native hydrangea arbor uh, is it? Um, uh, the flowers are very small. They're not as puff, big, and showy, and or possibly fragrant as mm-hmm. you would get in the cultivars. Um, you know the plants that are cultivated specifically to get you <laughs> a bigger flower or a um, uh, fragrant flower or showy or something so um so it's just a little more i would say under understated and, you, and because i have this mountainous landscape planting you, something like a tree is very difficult for for me at this age uh, to climb you, that mountain and plant that tree so i'm kind of avoiding that and do you grow mountain laurel that's one of my favorites that we struggle to try to get to do well here uh-huh it grows it's it grows naturally here. Yeah. I do have one mountain laurel on the land that is, uh, it's, it's rather small because it was um, uh, uh, competing with bamboo, mm. which I have taken down and continue to take down because, of course, you know that. And will continue <laughs> to take down. Right. Bamboo. <laughs> bamboo is everywhere. Gosh. When I cut the bamboo away, um, it, it, you know, I was delighted to see a spice bush. And a mountain laurel underneath. Mm, so. very now you nice. said you took the bamboo away. Uh, do you think well, it's I going to stay I, away? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm on a I'm on a five year plan. <laughs> I cut. It we back wish you luck. And you cut it back. And I have to say, I have to tell you, I felt a little bit of pang of uh, guiltiness, guilty when I uh, learned that the bamboo that was growing on my land is actually native to this area. Oh, well. But not native to my land. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah. Planted it. Yeah, the previous owner planted it, and uh, oh. I don't want it. Oh, but, why did um, they do that? Yeah. No wonder they you left. cut it back in the spring. You have to cut it back in the spring, and then again, six or eight weeks later, when it regrows, and then each year, each spring for about five, six years, you need to do that, and, and eventually you um, exhaust the rhizomes of energy to grow. Yeah. You, you don't round up it? I'll keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my extensive research has told me that um, an herbicide wouldn't necessarily work. Oh, uh, yeah. Wouldn't, because it's, it's still growing. You have to, you know, like um, 
with a lot of weeds um, or anything you want to kill, you have to, the timing of when you're trying to um, knock it off is really important. It has to be when it's at the height of its growing season so that it's bringing all of that, um, you know, you're either exhausting the energy from the root system or you're um, bringing the herbicide into, you know, uh, when the plant is really soaking up anything that uh, you feed it. And so it, it, it drinks the poison, basically. Uh, Andrea, have you seen any uh, studies with that, with them cutting it back and covering it with black plastic? I know I've seen uh, some other, not for bamboo, but for kudzu, mm-hmm. you know, cutting it back to the main mm-hmm. root system and then trying to cover with that to get it to, you know, kind of choke it out uh, over time. And obviously, I have always wondered, would that work some work with bamboo? But I've, I've, I haven't seen I haven't seen anything like that. I did read some. Um, uh, the extension information I got was not just from North Carolina, but also from Pennsylvania Extension and some of the other places where I guess bamboo is an issue. Um, I'm my um, hardiness zone here is six in the sixes. Uh, not everywhere in the mountains. You know, uh, closer to Asheville, you'll be in the sevens. Closer to what's in the Piedmont. Uh, but because of elevation, um, my property is in the sixes, and um, and so sometimes I look up, you know, other right. Other you got to go north to find something similar. Zone, right, can help me out more than um, more than uh, uh, NC extension because mm. we, yeah, we feel like a lot of it is is based on around the Raleigh area and and isn't necessarily. Uh, valid for us but the it, you know katsu is just a, there's a lot of katsu around here too and i'm grateful that i'm not on my property that i've noted yet um that just gets away from you and i don't know if you have a chance to kill it, it you'd have to just sacrifice everything it's growing over right uh, not necessarily. We we had we had to get an outside party to come in, but we had on Centennial Campus a, a fair amount of it, and especially some that was encroaching down on Raleigh Lake, uh, and all up in trees. And we had them spray it all up in pine trees and other hardwood trees, and it did not affect the trees. Now we have. Well, that's got, that's- we're waiting to see. This was last year. We're waiting to see what comes back <laughs> now mm-hmm. to see. You know, it's kind of hard to see how successful you were if every bit of it comes back. So that is something mm-hmm. we're eagerly keeping an eye on. But yeah, it was all up in, you know, 70, 80 foot tall pine trees. Uh, right. And, and yeah. I'm not sure yeah. what they sprayed on it. I will try to find that out, but it, it sure knocked it out. So we're, mm-hmm. we're hoping that that has worked. Right. Yeah, well, well, it's you know, it really is. I think it's amazing when you can get something that you know kills one thing and not the other. Right, when you're right. spraying it directly on it, um, and uh, yeah, that's good. Billy, uh, Billy Howe is with us out of the the uh, State Farmers Market in Raleigh. Billy, thanks so much. I uh, we got kind of involved in this conversation. I meant to go to you earlier. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us. How's everything at the farmers market? A little cold, I'll bet. It's a little chilly this morning. Yeah, so the the there are some vegetables and fruits available. What do you have this morning? Uh, well, our farmers are down in the end of the building, so they're not when you first come in. Y'all are still doing maintenance to building number one. We are, uh, and there's plenty of 
potatoes and rutabagas and turnips, all types of greens. We have eggs, uh, meat, the German baker, the farm bakery is here this morning, uh, the cookie people, mm. uh, as well as uh, we have two vendors who have a large variety of apples. Sounds good. A lot of uh, winter squash, uh, spaghetti and butternut squash. Down there, all different types of sweet potatoes. Yeah. Radishes. Mm-hmm. Onion. How, how do you like your squash cooked? Uh, I really like squash. I can eat it raw. I can stew it. I can deep fry it. I don't care. I like squash. But I like yellow squash. I don't really care for the butternut and spaghetti squash, but other people love it. Yeah. I like to fry mine in cornmeal. That, that, that That's the way to fix squash to me. In cornmeal? Yep. I, I've done half and half, half flour and half cornmeal. That'd be, a, that'd be a good winter snack for somebody to go out there and get some squash. And I prefer the yellow squash, too. Yeah, crookneck. Yeah. Well, that's good. We're we're looking toward uh, toward spring, and and uh, I'm sure you have firewood. We have plenty of firewood out here. Uh, we get calls every day for firewood and eggs. That seems like that's been the two hot commodities. And you've had uh, so pr- pretty reasonable prices for fresh eggs. Yeah, I bought a uh, dozen down there yesterday of jumbo eggs. For $6. Yeah. So it's... You can't um, do that in town no more. You know, we, we uh, pay 5 bucks for a latte. Why not uh, <laughs> Why not $5 for something as wonderful as an egg? You have to explain to me after a show what a latte is. It's this uh, sweet, expensive drink. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I've never had one. So... I guess it's similar to a hot chocolate, <laughs> something like that. It, it is. I'm not they, very sophisticated. Very better than a hot chocolate. Better than a, it's better than a hot chocolate. Okay, Andrea, what is a latte? A latte is espresso, coffee, Ooh. and uh, and milk, uh, but like a steamed milk or a. Fr- uh, yeah. well, I thought it was something okay. sweet. And you can get a lot of. And you can get a lot of flavors in it. Uh, okay, because that espresso, yeah. you you it's really got to... It like a hot chocolate. You got to really work on it to get the sting out of that. <laughs> That'll certainly wake you up. We need. But we I all like, need a... I like your analogy. You, yeah. you pay you pay that much money for, uh, you know, five, six bucks for... Oh, yeah. Well, that's on the low end. Not a dozen eggs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's only for one, one drink. So now, you I, don't make that latte right. with... With right. what we call Blue John back when I grew up. <laughs> Blue John? What's Blue John? Blue John is skim milk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that oh, cream would rise to the top. I, I use, uh, when I, the times I've gotten a hot chocolate from uh, one of the local places, it would be a skinny hot chocolate. It would be skim milk and. Yeah, well, you, use, you use Blue John. Still, still had 300 calories in it. Yeah. So uh, eggs, uh, you know. A little cholesterol there, but uh, everybody you just don't like ramps, metabolizes it differently. I love eggs. Yeah, but no, That's no I, ramps. I eat a little bowl, a, a couple of boiled eggs every morning uh, during the week. Gives me some protein and 
get up and go so I can report the news. So, Billy, uh, what you got up at the market shops besides the eggs? Oh, we've got a couple of meat vendors. uh, Carry everything from beef, pork, uh, ostrich, uh, rabbit, quite quite a few uh, varieties of meats up there. Uh, Then we had the bakery, uh, cinnamon rolls and apple jacks and cookies. Making the place smell good. Got your coffee, three two one coffee down there. And then three two one coffee handles the smells and flavors on the other end of the building uh, with all those lattes and hot chocolate. There you go. And local guys, NC State, really good stuff. A real success story. Entrepreneurs. Now, Billy, you need to go down and get you a latte, a chocolate latte. Yeah, and a boiled egg. Yeah, that and a Rufus dog. And a Rufus yeah. dog to beat. You can put, uh, <laughs> you can put. And my my son likes uh, likes an egg on his hamburgers, cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know. One thing that I was made aware of, I didn't know this past week. You know, we have the soap uh, vendors inside market shop. Yep, and. There is a following for one of our soap vendors I know where has uh, eczema soap, you know, for your face and arms. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I found out that it's one of the products like they sell out of every weekend. And the, uh, I don't, I don't have a problem with eczema, but I, someone was uh, telling me last week on the air that the, the goat's milk and lavender cream, they come up here, um, drive several miles to to get that at the farmer's market because it it works for that so you know that's great i love the fragrance that's why i buy it and it you know softens the skin doesn't soften my personality uh, big silver square in the first booth there in front of the bakery uh that's where may farms will be moving to uh uh-huh their freezer set up they still have um a few more things uh to do before they can move all right well that's uh, good yeah supply chain they have to have some yeah absolutely yeah ordered uh, uh-huh. for the electrical infrastructure all right we uh we only got about a minute and a half a little less than that and uh, you got uh, the great farmer's market restaurant and you got the seafood restaurant i know that that gerald loves both of them and so does rufus and i do too uh they're just fabulous food and a lot to eat I'm going to be at the uh, Farmer's Market restaurant today at 1 o'clock to meet a friend from Ash County. Oh, are they going to bring some cheese curds? Well, I hope so. Yeah, cheese curds. I'm what you call a regular. I bet you are (laughs) since you're you're just a hop, skip, and a jump. You can walk to it. So, uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Super Sod and uh, the folks at Market Imports, just a wonderful place to visit, buy gifts, and and, uh, to treat your, your lawn well. And uh, Nahana, of course. Nahana, oh yeah, Fatback Kings. That's it. I appreciate you always, Billy. Y'all take care at the at the State Farmers Market, and we'll talk to you later. All right, y'all come see us. All right, we shall. We shall. More of the weekend gardener coming up here on WPTF.
Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF for the Weekend Gardener. It's 936. Mike Rayleigh here along with Rufus and uh, Gerald and Andrea. 919-860-9783. 919-860-WPTF. Joe in Carborough is with us. Hey, Joe. We haven't heard from you for a while. What's been going on? Oh, everything's going great, and I enjoyed talking to the producer, Jason. He's a wonderful personality. He is a he is a great guy. He's a <laughs> he's a, a just a stupendous producer and, and board operator. I, I suggested that Mister Curtis should give Jason his own show. Now that uh, uh, the the, uh, the fellow he used to produce a show for has retired. And he told me he's going to get up with uh, Tom Kearney. There we go. That's the fellow. Oh, yeah, Tom, yeah. A a new show reminiscent about old shows. But the reason I called in, uh, you have a kind of a hippie like me from the mountains on there today talking bamboo. And I grow black bamboo over here in Carborough along a a creek bank Mm -hmm. to uh, filter the water that comes out of our drainage creek from the street. Right. And... uh, I also grow river cane, which I've talked about several times, which is an indigenous plant that the Native Americans make baskets and blowguns out of and everything, the indigenous people. But it's not invasive. You know, it can be, depending yeah. on how you treat it. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you have to know how to deal with river cane. When you want to prune river cane, people make the mistake of just pruning what they see. No, no, you've got to go down to the root. Oh. Pull that up. It comes up very easily if you want to pull it up a little. It's only two inches under the ground, and you prune it that way, and it's a better way to control it, quite frankly. Now, what I called about, there's a wonderful video of an indigenous, I think he's a Cherokee Indian, up in the mountains of North Carolina, and he has a bamboo farm with something like 35 varieties of bamboo, and it's a beautiful video on YouTube about this, and he likes to go out kind of a religious meditative experience in his chair and sit in the midst of the bamboo forest. And when that sways in the wind, it's like listening to water dripping down a wall or something. It's a wonderful meditative experience. And I wow. highly recommend if you start a little bamboo garden and keep it under control, you'll put a lawn chair in the middle of it and see what I'm talking about. How about that? Well, I'm going to have to find that video. Well, Joe, I, I, yeah. this is appropriate. The Cliff Joyner saying of the day is this. Never be afraid to sit a while and think. Yes. There you go. Yes. And I know very Joe, appropriate I, to Joe is a thinker. I know that. Because you've been. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, Rufus has been a great addition to your show. There are so many people like me that greatly want to hear what Rufus has to say. And I don't care how old Rufus is, like Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, you know, you're about the same age, a little over 80. Yeah. You still have a lot to offer the world, and I'm glad you do it. Amen, amen. It was, amen. It was fortuitous. Uh, it's been about 16 years now, Rufus. Yeah. Well, thank you for that kind word, Joe. Yeah. Right, where, you're a mountain man. Where, where from? Well, you know, I was not born there, but I love the mountains. So uh, my daughter went to App State. Oh, wow. She's doing very well at Red Hat now. She went to NC State after that and got her MBA. I'm very proud of Liz. Uh, You should be. Just got Uh, a promotion. And uh, I'm very proud of all the young people that come up and apply themselves so Mm -hmm. well. And, And people like Rufus 
impart wisdom. And that's what young people need today in trying times and what we're going through in the news right now. Yeah. And on my little community radio show I do in Carborough every Sunday afternoon, one to three, I try to do the same thing that Rufus does. Very good, Joe. Well, the, you're talking about app. App is so popular now. It sure Joe, is. Joe, I had uh, four brothers that went to Appalachian and my sister. And I don't know what happened to me. I went off the hill, down to the hill. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it is uh, everybody now. The two, I was told that proportionally, the two constituent university places that people want to attend the most mm-hmm. are App and UNC uh, Wilmington. Yes, they are. Wow, wow. I understand you know, that. I'm going to tell you a real funny, quick three-second joke. I said to my dad, well, half my high school is going to App State. This is back in 1975. And I said, Dad, I think I want to go there. My girlfriend's going there. And he says, only hippies go there that smoke pot, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was true of every school. Back in the 70s. At that time, it was an Appalachian State Teachers College. That's right. That's right. right. I had to straighten him out on that, but he still ma- – I went to NC State. But well, anyway, hey, what, what do you want? I, as soon as I went to NC State and started cooking in the DHL library uh, to make a little money, I worked with a guy named uh, – it's not his real name. His nickname is Stretch. He'll, if he's listening, he knows his dad has a big hog operation down east. And he said to me uh, – his uncle did that uh, he said, Joe, do you like pot? And I said, well, I was around a lot of it in high school, but I'm kind of allergic to it. And he said, well, I hope I don't make you sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, always nice hearing from you, my friend. It's all medicinal, right? Yeah, that's right, all, all right. medicinal, yeah. All right. Thanks to the Native Americans that Columbus mistakenly called Indians. Okay. Thanks, Joe. India, was he? Uh, that's right. Yeah, he wasn't in India. Day. And Rufus, you keep doing what you're doing as long as you can do it, man. Yeah, he, well, thank you. He will. He will. He's my president. All right. Amen. <laughs> all right, president, governor, all of that. And girls. Yeah. We love all of you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're back. Oh, Joe. Joe has been calling. He used to call Bart Rittner in the late 70s. And he's been calling this station and calling this show for a long time. So... Very long, intelligent man. <laughs> long-time listener. He's a thinker. Yeah, so that's very apropos of what you mentioned in Cliff Joyner's book this morning. Linda is in Durham. Linda is a thinker, too, I'll bet. How are you, Linda? I'm doing great. I hope you are. Yes, ma'am. How, how can we help you? Do, uh, tell me what to do um, to get rid of moles. They are destroying our lawns. Uh, so, <laughs> so they are just... So they're not eating they any are, plants. They're just kind of making no, tunnels. You, you got the tunnels. Yeah. Tunnels if, everywhere. If you've got moles, moles uh, are meat eaters, that means you've all in all likelihood you have a grub problem. If you kill the grubs, the moles will go away in search of food somewhere else. Uh, so they're, uh, you can either go one of two routes. You can either use an insecticide. There are a number of ones like Dilox. There are even... Lawn fertilizers you can buy that already have the insecticide in it. Uh, you treat the lawn. Uh, typically, you want to treat them at the season changes. So as we come out of winter and into spring, uh, that would be a time to treat it. And usually at the end of summer, coming out of summer, going into fall. Uh, if you don't want to use a chemical, then you can go the milky spore route, which is a bacteria 
and you buy it and you you make like a tic-tac-toe board every so many feet you put a teaspoonful it can uh it messes up their digestive system and the grubs die will last for about 10 years but if you've got a large lawn it, it can can be a little pricey you know it takes a lot of milky spore to do that with i don't know what size lawn you have now what about the chemicals and if you have pets and <clears throat> children yeah <clears throat> generally generally speaking most of those like uh dialogs i mean you would it you put it out and then you either water if you have irrigation you cut the irrigation on or do it the day before rainfall it's a very small fine uh it's not even tiny granule it'll dissolve instantly mm-hmm. and you won't have an issue with it like that i mean the only way it would be any danger if somebody got into the bag of chemical now when the first day probably <clears throat> the first day we did this show 38 years ago today uh someone would have called and said use juicy fruit gum <laughs> because they uh <laughs> the, to, the, juicy fruit gum would would kill they the uh mole would would chew the chew the gum and and choke that's that okay. was that was uh what what we were dealing with back then well i don't have a lot of confidence in that strategy <laughs> yeah and irv didn't either irv evans <laughs> but if you get rid of the grubs you 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 essentially will get rid of will get rid of the moles and dialogue can i buy that at the big box stores i don't know if you you would have to go around and look that i would be surprised if they didn't have a fertilizer that also had it may not be dialogs it may be their Half a dozen insecticides will work, but they will usually have on the bag grub killer, you know, fertilizer with grub killer in it. Okay, well, thank you guys so much. You're yeah, welcome. I've thank seen you. I've seen Scott fertilizer with that right. na- that label on it. Right. Uh-huh. Now yeah. there there are some people that try traps. I I just don't believe there that are that. traps, and you can find find when and there's there's only probably a family because they're very territorial right. of moles out there. And if you have a uh, cat or a dog, yeah, cats uh, will. So I've I've been presented with uh, with moles uh, <laughs> yeah. before uh, as a gift, and and my and, dog loves to chase the moles. Yeah, so so it it can be a game with them, but uh, they they can still help. Uh, but there are traps you yeah. can you can uh, find where the uh, the opening to their runs and uh, you just follow the directions but you know there's some some things you can do a, a lot less labor ridden and tedious yeah, yeah. I've, I've never thanks uh, never had a thank you linda very yet. much oh, have a nice day oh thank you so much for being a part of it yeah i love it thank you bye-bye you too Bye. all right uh yeah juicy fruit gum uh just big red hmm. big red yeah, I thought that was a chew in the back. No, that was a gum too. Was a gum. Rig- Wrigley's oh, makes yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. That's kind of tasted kind of like dentine. That's yeah. that's one of those old fashioned things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. Let's see here. What? Um, thought I had a. I had a message, on here. I have to look, from Scott. Uh, so, and I assume it was something. Yeah, there we go. Let's see. The scissor trap works great. <laughs> and that that actually kills them. Now, I think that? so. Yeah. 
What is that? It, well, you see the ones too that has the giant spring up in the ground and supposedly or another it jabs a yeah yeah kind of like a spear through there and stabs them or something, uh, right. something along those yeah. lines. Okay, well. I, I can tell you for a fact that the milky spore works. Yes, it's just it does. a little tedious. I mean, you're literally so many foot, you drop a teaspoon. And uh-huh. if you've got a big yard, it would be time consuming and a little pricey to do, but it works and it works for more than just a year. I could work for five to 10 years. Yeah. It, it is a. Well, do you drop it into the tunnel? No. You, no, no. You, you just like, distribute it evenly across your landscape. You, you just. Uh, oh. I can't remember if it's every three foot, but you you literally drop you know teaspoons full, just like you were making a grid. Yeah, if anybody out, it sees you, if your neighbor sees you They'll doing think you've this, took leave of your senses. Yeah, because you're you're taking these uh, these like you're you're mapping something. Right, teaspoon at the time, holes, and then they'll come over and ask you what yeah. you were doing. So uh, you, yeah, how can I? Can you do it over here too? Yeah. But it is a bacterium. Right. That uh, invades one if if one of the grubs comes in contact with it, they spread it to the next and the next, and it's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the way it works. It's certainly not going to endanger the person. No, during and the distribution, pet friendly, so child it's friendly. It's killing the. It's, it's uh, killing the yeah. grubs, uh, and yes. if you and the, the, and the thought yeah. is you kill the grubs, then there's no food source yeah, for the mole. They go they to your next around. door neighbor looking for something. Right. Then. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. Well, I'd rather have the moles than the voles. Yes. I'll tell yes. you that. The voles are little They're field mice who vegetarians eat. destroy yeah. the plants. They right. They eat the eat the roots. <coughs> All right. Uh 919-860-9783. More of the WPTF Weekend Gardener coming up. It's 950. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. It's 9.53. We just had a, a question off the air of uh, Camellia. So you're listening to the Weekend Gardener, by the way, on WPTF. Uh, uh, Camellia, that, uh, the first year it bloomed, which makes sense, but four years hence has not. They have fertilized it. Fertilization the problem? They over fertilizing? Could maybe? be. Would, would would need to know what they fertilized it with. Yeah. Uh, and they could have put too much nitrogen uh, to it. That can uh, can affect can can force it to put on so much vegetative growth that it won't won't produce buds. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, if it's not displaying any any uh disease yeah if you don't if the leaves are not discolored and it looks happy and it really has put on a lot of growth then you then you would think that would be an issue sometimes if they have done all this fertilizing and it has not really shown a lot of growth you know sometimes people fertilize well damn i must not put the right kind or enough or something i'll go back and do it again that then could be the ph is out of whack yeah get a soil test and maybe maybe uh, back off on the fertilizer. Uh, Anne liked uh, using cottonseed meal. Right, right. Uh, which is uh, that's what my father used to grow watermelons with. Yeah. cottonseed mm-hmm. meal. Yeah, it's very low in nitrogen. Yeah, you can get that done at uh, 
it's a slow release too. Yeah. It'll stay there a while. You can get small bags most anywhere, yeah. but if you if you need a lot, I big bag down at Clayton. Yeah. And, and another thing I saw the other day, Gerald, this person showed me it to me and said it bloomed big the first year. Uh-huh. And I said, what when you bought it at the nursery, it had blooms that's ready to bloom. And I said, well, you've got it at least three to four inches below the so- the ground level. Yeah, you plant it too deep. And any, that, that could be the problem. Th- that's another thing. Any Anything that puts stress on a plant can keep it from blooming. Being planted too deep yeah. uh, can keep it from blooming. Too much nitrogen, soil pH being out of whack. All those things put stress on the plant, and that can keep some plants from producing buds. Well, you, you, if you go down there a couple of inches low, you're, you're building a, a, a pool for water right. to collect. Right. And I and I have a rule. I guess it's okay, but but I always at least plant if it's a camellia and other other plants, an inch to an inch and a half above the ground level. Right, and and see that will allow you. So if you come back and mulch it, or you have natural mulch from leaves falling and decomposing, then you're not going to get it too deep. But if you come in and plant it. An inch too deep, well, that should be okay most of the time. But the next thing you know, you've got three or four inches of mulch on top of it. And then that is too deep, and you're going to have problems. Yeah. Steve is in Garner. Steve, good morning. Hey, how are you guys doing today? We're doing all right. Doing fine. I'm working in the yard today. Good for you. What are you doing? I mean, it's going to be a beautiful day, so I'm going to try to get some things done. Uh, one other thing that, that can happen, too, is uh, mounding the mulch. you got these people that think they got to put a great big hump oh, yeah. around the trunk of the tree. Yeah, volcano that's mulch. another thing that will kill a tree. Yeah, that's or right. Or a bush or a shrub. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, so we kind of overdo things. with that, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, we just, uh, we're doing good here. I'm glad. So what are you doing in the yard? Uh, right now, I'm working on my garage, trying to get it organized. Oh, and then wow. I'm do go I got this uh, Fisker's Texas Weeder. It's a, it's a thing that you pull, it out of the gra- uh, pull the weed out with uh, standing upright. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go around and get the dandelions out after a while. Man, starting to bloom. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, that's uh, that's work there. Yeah. Well, it's a lot less work than getting down on your hands and knees and trying to dig them out. Well, that's true. <laughs> you certainly don't want to do that or yeah. or uh, pick uh, cucumbers. That, we're, uh, we're actually seeing daylilies come up. <clears throat> How about the, that? The, the, uh, the, the leaf, the leaves are starting to erupt out of the ground. Uh huh. On a some of our uh, clumps. So, I mean, it, this, weather, this crazy weather is confusing things. Uh, it, it, yeah, it certainly is. Seems like it's been cold, but uh, I, don't, I don't know that it, uh, overall, that it really has been. We haven't gotten really any snow. So, uh, well, we, we're going from 29 last night to 61 today. That's, I know. Uh, that's a huge temperature swing. It, it, it really is. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I got a good, I had a really good chemo session this week, and good. I'm I'm getting stronger. Wonderful! I know they're uh, your doctor's happy. My muscles ache so much; they must be coming, getting uh, stronger also. I would I would certainly say so. You you're that means you're using them. 
No, yeah, what they what is it they say? No pain, no gain. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just you, one more thing. Yeah, uh, we got about uh, 30 first seconds. Day, our first daily meeting is the second Tuesday in February. All right. Um, at uh, Powell Road uh, uh, Community Center, uh-huh. starting at 7 o'clock, and it's open to anybody. And the, and the date again? Uh, the date. I knew I was going to ask my wife for something. So, But, but it's the first... First, uh, second Tuesday, second Tuesday in February. Uh, February. All right, Steve. Th- take care, my friend. We'll see you later. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll be back. <laughs>